And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Welcome to Down to Dunk. I'm your host, Andrew Schlack. We're part of the Athletic Podcast Network. A couple of reminders for you guys. Make sure that you mark your calendars for November 15th. It's a game against the Miami Heat. We're doing Down to Dunk Night with the Thunder. So if you want to come and hang out with us, we're all going to be sitting together in the arena. We're going to have a little uh, pre-game podcast at a location that I should be able to tell you very soon. And it's going to be super fun. And I hope that we get to sit together and uh, be loud and weird and great. So be sure to look for that. I will be sending out a link for that hopefully by the end of this week so that uh, you guys can uh, reserve your tickets, reserve a spot. You can... We're going to have limited spots for the live podcast before the game, so we want to make sure that you guys have a chance to get those, so be on the lookout for that. And, uh, yeah, look out for that. Uh, I got my guy Al Babycakes here. Alex, what's up? What's up, Andrew? And I'll be there, too. Alex is going to be there. That's we'll I mean, that's there. like reason enough to buy a ticket is that you'll get to see Alex in person there. I'm trying to even remember the last time I saw you in person. When was that? Don't even know. At I least really, two years. Probably two yeah. Christmases ago. Yeah, I think that's right. That's crazy. That is weird. I mean, we talk like two two plus times a week. <laughs> yeah. I haven't seen you in two years. <laughs> it's wild. Uh, something else that's wild, Al. Josh Giddy. Oh, man. Man. Uh, I'm ready for all the overreactions. Uh, we, no. have now, we have now <laughs> seen him. Hold on. Hold on. Chill. <laughs> we have now seen him a total of 35 minutes of play. Mm. Uh, but we're ready to fire off the takes. First thing I'd say is my overreaction is that I don't think what I'm saying is an overreaction, Andrew. That's how confident <laughs> I am in it. Okay. 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 I don't. All right. I don't want to diminish it by acting like it's a bold take or a hot take or something like that. No, this is the way I genuinely feel. Because wow. first of all, I, I just want to uh, say because a lot of people were saying like, why should we care about you know what, uh, Josh Giddy having a good game? You know, other players on the team like Baisley had a bad game. Why do we, Why do we not care about that? which I think initially is valid, but I just wanted to explain how I think about it, which is that, one, I have no real baseline for Josh Giddy. Like, mm. my baseline for Josh Giddy was essentially watching YouTube highlights, and most of those were just passes, you know? And so I didn't... I had an idea of what I would think coming out of his first game, but I didn't really know what it was going to be. Whereas someone yeah. like Darius, he's been here... This is going into his third year... Like, mm -hmm. it would take so much at this point for me to dramatically change my opinion on Bays. Like, if he had come yeah. out in that first game and hit six threes, like, yes, it would have been awesome, but I wouldn't have had any real reaction. I wouldn't have suddenly changed my opinion on Darius yeah. Baisley. Like, you have yeah. to see it over the course of at least, like, half a season at this point. Whereas with Giddy, like, I just, I just needed a baseline. And so that first game, I went in with an idea of how I would come out of it. And mm -hmm. he so far exceeded it. And I think Ooh. that's why I'm so excited because my baseline now with Giddy is so much higher than I initially thought. Because the thing for me is going into this, in my mind, I was thinking, okay, we've got ourselves like a, a young, good version of Joe Ingles, which some people might say, oh, that sounds not very fun at all. But actually, that <laughs> is that would be a good player to have on a team. You know, yeah, no doubt, and and, no doubt. and that falls into that category of connector, which people were calling Josh Giddy a lot in the draft process. Like, oh, he's yeah. he's more of a connector. I would say he is much more than connector. After I watched yeah. that game, 
Like, this is a primary ball handler. This is a guy who can generate good shots for his teammates every single time. And so my ceiling for Josh Giddy is now much higher than it initially was. Mm-hmm. And it's not just his passing. Because the passing, again, that was something that I saw in the highlights. I knew it was coming. Obviously, it's great to see it, not in person, but to see it live on your it team. It is, however, outrageous, though. Like it's, it, it, absolutely. I was saying beforehand that like, that he is definitively the best passer on the team, and I like I knew it to be true just from what I saw in the NBL, just from watching like several NBL games. Like I was like, okay, right. like this guy is very very good. But I still felt like there's still like this like little bit of me that's like, is that really true? Like, is it is it could it really be true that he's the best passer on the team already? Like, am I underrating? Shay or somebody else, right, but like right, right. the answer was no, like absolutely not. Like he is no. without a doubt that lefty, just that lefty swing pass to the corner to Teo was just so crazy to me. Uh, he just whipped the ball over to him, and then obviously he had the offensive rebound, which like shows the other part of his game. But like, just like he had several passes that uh, I'll say this, like so. Uh, Royce Young was sitting in front of me at the game and there are there are these moments where you like want to turn around because like you want to because a moment is so good that you want to connect with somebody else right yeah like you guys like you, you do this when you're whether you're sitting like next to somebody like look at each other or whatever like you have these like we, we have to look at each other moments and like Josh Giddy, I think he had like two or three of those in the game and he was the only one that had those moments where it was just like you know, just like the turnaround moment where you're just like, oh, whoa, yeah, like, this is really something. And the passing is the thing that Hornets fans experienced last year with LaMelo, where it's like, as soon as you see it, you just feel so good because you're like, wow, we are in for <laughs> years of just good looking basketball. Yes. You, you yes. see those plays and it, it's, it's rare. Like that type of passing is so rare in this league mm-hmm. to the point when mm-hmm. LaMelo did it, it was like this huge revelation and no one even cared like whether he was going to be able to score or not. And it turns out he could score. But mm-hmm. I, but that said, like the passing was not the thing that really like raised my, my expectations because I already knew about the passing. The thing yeah. that got me was his size and his yeah. frame and how he used it. It blew me away. Like he looked like one of the biggest players on the court, not just because he's six nine, but like his body is NBA ready. I mean, you compare him to like Bays as a rookie or Shea at that age. Like he compared is to so much now. Compared to yeah. Bays now, <laughs> compared like, to Bays now, or like Poku at the same age. Like he is so mm-hmm. much bigger than those guys, and he plays so much bigger. And so then mm-hmm. you combine that passing, which really is elite. Like that is elite level passing. With that frame and size, how many players in the league have that? Like, you're really talking about like LeBron, Ben Simmons, like honestly, Joe Ingles <laughs> kind of falls. Yeah. Into, I mean, he's not he's that elite of passing, but yeah. but for that that good of a passer, you go back and think of guys like Lamar Odom, like Magic Johnson, like being that tall and being that good of a passer is pretty rare in the mm-hmm. history of the NBA, and it gives you such an advantage on the court. And so, yes, it's only one preseason game, but the things that are there aren't things that are going to change. Like, if anything, he's going to get stronger, he's going to get bigger, and it's not like he's suddenly going to become a bad passer. So his baseline is so high, and that's before we get into, like, oh, yeah, his shot doesn't look amazing. Like, there are obviously things he could work on, but the things that he does have are so NBA-ready compared to other Thunder prospects at the same age, and that's why I'm so excited. Yeah. His ball handling was was more advanced already than it was in the NBL too, because I didn't know how that what that would look like in the NBA against like quality players. And the good, like one of the good things too is that we got to see him against a lot of quality players. Uh, you know, Hayward's one of the best, you know, in the league from the wing position because he can kind of do it all, and he is really strong and. Giddy is just as big as Gordon Hayward. I mean, I stood there as like close as I could be to them, and they were like equal in size. And Giddy's a little bit taller. Yeah, uh, like that's like that's your that's his that's his eighteen year old body. He's not even nineteen yet. He turns nineteen in I think four days. So it was it's a really really big deal. Um, I'm here by myself with my three year old and. I'm trying to keep him busy, so I'll be right back. Okay. 
And the thing about this size is because one of the concerns with Giddy coming into the league was, is this guy going to, who is he going to be able to defend? That was like one of his weaknesses. Who is this guy going to be able to defend? But if he's playing this big, it's not just being big, but it's playing that big. You could see a scenario where he could become that kind of Ben Simmons role in the future where he could play power forward and guard those guys and hold up against them to where now you're not as worried about these tiny guards flying past him. Obviously, he would have to guard them at some point. But all of those things put together, like, and I said it on Twitter, like I consider Josh Giddy a blue chip prospect in a way that I would only say that about Shea Gilgis, Alexander. I almost just said Shea Gilgis. Shea Gilgis. Man. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like, he, like could, he is could, a blue chip yeah. prospect in that way. Sure. Um, and and I, I like other guys on the team, but like this is this could be like a, a diamond, Andrew. This is a yeah. diamond in the rough. It's it's actually that's very true. And like we had already heard things that should make you feel pretty good about him. Like we had already heard that like the like that's who the Warriors were gonna take. You know, had he and been and available. and seeing his game, he would have been pretty good on that team. However, going back and someone actually brought this up in the chat that and this is Kevin Chen said this, if anything, he was more uncomfortable as a connector when you compare the first and second halves. And I would agree with that. Like there were some moments where you could tell he was trying to figure out what to do off ball. You know, he was kind of just trying to slide into the open space, which, but he didn't look super comfortable doing it. Yeah. And that's why like, and I understand the, the argument against this, but that's why I would kind of like to see him run that second unit because I think yeah. you just have to get the ball in his hands more. The times when he was out on the court and didn't have the ball and you were asking someone like Teo or Poku to do something, like it never looked as good as when Giddy had the ball in his hands. Yeah, it's the, the team is putting a priority on he and Shea, though, and getting those two to be on the same page and to be able to work together. Uh, that was like that was very apparent. I mean, just the way that Mark talked before the game, because uh, I kind of in my head I kind of broken it down to I felt like I knew four of the starters, and then I didn't know if it'd be Giddy or Poku. Yeah, and like Mark wasn't thinking that way at all, and in fact, like he emphasized that like the spot that he was having the most trouble deciding was the center position. And, you know, he acted like Giddy starting was just a foregone conclusion. Like, that was what was going to happen. There's not a lot that could change his mind. I was I asked him if he considered Poku for the starting position. He was like, yeah, he's like, I definitely considered it. Uh, and then he talked about how he wanted Poku running stuff on the, through the second unit more and blah, blah, blah. But yeah. I honestly think that, like, that, like obviously – and and this is where like the positionless basketball stuff like really like actually comes into play because i do think that both giddy and shay are better with the ball in their hands but like the they're they're different in a way that it's not like a your turn my turn type of thing because they're both like good passers they can both work off ball i think i i know that there's issues with josh giddy's shot like everybody has known that but anybody that that has been closely connected with him has always said like, he will figure that out. Like that will, that's something that will get figured out. Um, yeah. And it, it may just end up that he just has a goofy looking shot, but it works yeah. for him. Um, it almost looks Could like a, a set shot. Like it's weird how his legs kind of split when he, when he shoots the ball. Um, mm -hmm. But it, it was working for him in, in the first game. But yeah. And, and so I, I get the idea of starting him and, and the most convincing argument I saw on Twitter was someone said, I would start him simply because he's our second best player. And I was like, you know what? It's a pretty good argument. <laughs> it's a pretty good reason to start him. Yeah. I mean, he he is without a doubt their second best player, right? You think I, you are you are you in? Yeah, I think I am. Like you could say that like Dort is the the better NBA player right now and and if another team like just wanted a player for this season, they would choose Dort over Josh Giddy. Um, but in terms of like long-term development, and I, I, you could even say like overall play by the end of this year, it might be Giddy. And the fact that he is, I mean, it's only for four more days, but the fact that he is 18 mm -hmm. is just wild when you look at some of the other players on this team and, and young players on other teams. 
Like, of course, I always do like Obi Toppin as the example, but the idea that he has he has five more years of development until he gets to the point where Obi Toppin is right now, like that is wild. Half a decade of development in the NBA until he gets to the same point that Obi Toppin is. That is wild. In seven years, he could still be on a list of players that are like yes. 25, 25 and younger <laughs> list. You he's know. gonna be. He's gonna become like the next Brad Beal because I remember with Brad Beal, it felt like he was just always on that list. Uh, yeah. Brandon, I feel like Brandon Ingram is that guy right now. It's like, wow, mm-hmm. he's still on the twenty five under twenty five list. Mm-hmm. <laughs> when is this dude gonna age? So, yeah, yeah I, I am just so excited in a way that I haven't been for a like drafted Thunder player in a very long time. Like, obviously, I, mean, the, I was gonna say the last time was James Harden, right? Yeah, and that that's you, that's that you the felt thing. This way about somebody. Yeah. Yes, because it's the level of skill from the get go, like f- from the first play, mm-hmm. and you we really haven't seen that since those original Thunder players, um, mm-hmm. because obviously like Shea, we got him in his second year, and watching Shea develop has been awesome. But th- we have been cycling in these drafted players each year, and you're kind of like you're doing a lot of wish casting with these guys, whether it's Bayes or Poku, like you're trying to envision what the final product could look like. Whereas with Giddy, Terrence Ferguson, with Giddy, like you already see like the NBA player who's going to be in the league for a long time. Mm -hmm. I mean, the the combination of passing and size is so rare and it works out so often in this Mm -hmm. league. It very rarely doesn't work out. And so he's already at this amazing baseline and to know that he's there at 18 is just... I mean, it's crazy. Yeah. And he's decently athletic, too. It's not – and this is – it was funny, and I think – I brought this up with Michele on Monday, but just like the the Gallinari comp, who is also somebody who's big and thinks the game at a high level and is like a pretty good passer, too. Uh, Gal is obviously like a, an incredible score, but his foot speed has always been like the thing that's like hindered him and held him back from being anything more than a NBA starter. You know, like he, a Gallo wasn't going to be on an all-star team. Like that was just not going to happen. But Giddy has the foot speed and I think he can learn to shoot it. And if he doesn't learn to shoot it at a high level, like he, like he showed lots of stuff, like he showed the floater, he showed the ability, like the in and out dribble. Like he just, he showed so much. In just that one preseason game that you were just like, oh, well, I didn't know that was there. Well, I didn't know that was there. And, you know, just the way that he battled, too. Like, the way he battled on the boards and pushed the ball. And he loves playing transition. And, like, there, were, there was just – there was a lot, a lot to see. Uh, you have thoughts on his hair? Any any Josh Giddy hair thoughts? I mean, his hair's always looked really good. Um, you know, me and, me and Luke have been talking, you know, what is he going to develop? in terms of his looks, is he going to get a mustache mm-hmm. at some point? or uh, he, will, full, he will have a beard, beard. at some point. Uh, he will have a beard at some point. I'm just going to go ahead and put that out there, the predicting the Josh Giddy beard. Because if he wears his hair like that with a beard, I mean, just a lot of sweat, first of all, just flying <laughs> off all game. But he would look very grizzled <laughs> in comparison to to other beard guys in the past. He would. Um, his hair's yeah. so bouncy is one of the things that I noticed. Like... It is very bouncy. And it, and it stays really, it stays dry. I think perhaps because it's bouncing so much. Jenny Carlson, mm. I was sitting next to Jenny Carlson at the game and she was just like, hey, how does his hair stay so dry this whole game? She's like, yeah. look at it. It looked like he went and like used a blow dryer at during the timeout. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I guess because it's bouncing. I don't know. You mentioned his shot like, one of the comps going in was, oh, maybe he's at least offensively like a Ben Simmons. And I think yeah. you saw from the first game, like he is way more willing to – he is way more assertive offensively than Ben Simmons has ever been outside yeah. of transition. But like in the half court, yeah. he is so much more assertive. Mm-hmm. He's never going to be <laughs> a half of the defensive player that Ben Simmons is. But like offensively, yeah. you see it. And so – took four threes like yeah he took four threes Simmons has never done that in a game so he has he has never done that um so yeah I'm just I'm just so excited like comparing him to other ball handlers because I you know people talk about positionless basketball we're we're gonna have a bunch of guys who can handle the ball 
all of that is true, but at the end of the year, somebody is going to have run the most amount of pick and roll. Somebody's going to be number two. And you see the difference with Josh Giddy, how much more pressure he puts on the defense in comparison yep. to some of the other guys on the roster. Like, yep. Teo is so much more methodical, it feels like, about how he runs a pick and roll, whereas it kind of gives the defense time to adjust. With Giddy, like, you better be ready because he, if, if he's not going to throw some crazy pass, like, he's coming straight at you and he's going to go through you, um, which is just something unique. And Poku has a little bit of, of that, but he's he's mm-hmm. he'll, he still seems more willing to just jack threes than, or he still has more interest in jacking threes than doing other stuff, at least from the first game. He, d- yeah, he does. He, and that's where a lot of, I mean, Poku's value could be tremendous. Like, if Poku somehow ended up shooting 40% from three or even like 38% from three, uh, the value of a seven-footer doing that that can also attack a closeout that can also you know pass the ball obviously not on Giddy's level but not like at an above average level you know there's a tremendous amount of value there and he knows that and so I think that's something in his game that he feels very confident in and wants to continue to to prove yeah at the NBA level which is cool This episode is brought to you by Michelob Ultra, the official beer sponsor of the NBA. Want to get closer to the game than ever before? Michelob Ultra Courtside is giving fans the chance to win exclusive NBA prizes and experiences like official gear, courtside seats to an NBA game, and more. Head over to MichelobUltra.com slash courtside to learn more. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7, U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Uh, Let's move on to Poku. Let's talk about his game. It was... Started out really bad, like super hilariously bad, <laughs> because that's just and you were just like, yeah, all right, this is this is Poku, this is Poku's game, uh, and then he he had a stretch where he like hit a three, had a drive, had a nice defensive play, grabbing boards, pushing, where you were like, okay, like he's kind of grooving now, uh, and which was good to see, but it was just kind of more of the same from the end of last season, where it's like flashes of greatness flashes of like boy he's very 19 you know yeah he definitely still has 100 percent of the confidence still intact has not has not lost any of that over the offseason he looks so much better when he's playing with Shea like when he's playing in a more structured environment he looks like a different player because he's in a much different role you know I'm fine with the idea of him running the second unit I'm sense. kind of not actually don't like don't I, well <laughs> I don't I'm fine think that I'm fine in the sense that it's probably going to be really bad and it will probably hold this team back for the year and it will kind that, of I mean that that was a big message sent right that like that three guard lineup <laughs> with with Poku and JRE was I don't know what they were plus minus but it was it felt like minus a thousand because the, it was just defensively it was, really it was awful it, they were such a mess, even offensively. Like they, no one really knew what they were supposed to be doing, and it was like there's three point guards and Poku, who kind of feels like he wants to be a point guard, and then Jerry still got a lot to learn. It was just like wow, like that was, it was as disorganized as I've seen basketball in a long time. Yeah. So if if the idea there is, listen, we're throwing Poku into the fire here. We're giving him this responsibility because we want to develop these skills. We know it's going to be ugly. It's going to take a long time, but we feel like we have to do this. Like, fine. But on the on the flip side, like he looks like a totally different player when you play him with some of the good guys on this team. Like when you're playing with Shea and Dort, he mm-hmm. just looks better. Like him getting kickouts from Shea, it just looks more natural. And and those mm-hmm. seem to be falling for him in in that first game, so I I don't know I, I'm obviously still fascinated with Poku. Nothing really changed my mind from the first preseason game. He's kind of like a continuation, like you said. Yeah, he he was really funny post game because he so Giddy went first. Well, Mark went first, and then and then Giddy came in and talked, and Poku stood in like the doorway 
just watching Josh just kind of like, <laughs> like he like loves Josh already. Um, and you can tell uh, what's kind of cool about this team. And it really does feel like thunder you, you know, from, from back in the day to a degree is that like these guys like genuinely love like being around each other and playing together and like are you can tell like they are genuinely like rooting for one another too which is really it's just it's just fun to see from from a young group that they really are uh there is some togetherness about them which yeah. I, it's it's it makes it more fun and they're going to lose so many games. I mean, they didn't crack a hundred against the Hornets, you know, <laughs> like this is, it's, it's going to be a long season. Like it just, there's no avoiding that. Like this is going to be a long, long season, but this is a group that I think you can get behind. Like the starting lineup, I think is very easy to root for. You know, I think guys like, I think JRE, like he's easy to root for. So is obviously Poku is. And then, you know, we'll see what we get out of any of these other guys, but like they have a, a core group of guys that I think are are fun to root for in general. And that that's where you mentioned like how rough this season could potentially be. That's where Giddy's passing like just changes the calculus there because even comparing him to someone like Jalen Suggs, for instance, who we both mm-hmm. think is going to be very good. But, like, the type of offense Jalen Suggs is going to be playing isn't going to be as aesthetically pleasing as what Josh Giddy is doing, even if he ends up being a better player than him. And so I think we're going to get to see some very watchable basketball just because of a couple of these guys who are sure. going to be on the court a lot. I do think – I mean, of course, it's just the first preseason game, but I do not think that they're going to maintain that defensive – uh, efficiency that they had through the first half of last season where they were like hovering around 10th that is going no. to be much harder to do this year no I, and I think some of that is like you just like your centers are Isaiah Roby and JRE and as long as favors doesn't play a lot like yeah they're gonna struggle to defend the paint because like you could see like guys were just getting in there and attacking and then once they attack the defense collapses, you can go find somebody. Because the defense has to collapse or else you're just giving up layups. So <laughs> it's it is it is going to be a struggle. Like you're gonna see Dort working as hard as ever, like to defend. And then I think, you know, everybody else is is just young. Like young players just don't defend well. Like that's just that's just the nature of these guys, unless you come into the league and you're a Matisse Tybel, and that's you. That's if you're not good at that, you're not in the NBA, you know. And that's not the case with really anybody that's on this team. You know, everybody else has lots of different skills that they're working on, and it's not defense only. And I think they're going to compete, but I just don't think that they have the talent or the level of experience is honestly like the number one thing for me that that says like they're just not going to defend. Well, who are the plus defenders on this team, at least of the guys who we expect to be playing heavy minutes? It's probably Dort, Kendrick Williams, however much uh, Derek Favors plays. If, beyond beyond that... You, I, don't, I mean, Favors may be closer to average than plus. Yeah, beyond that, like I think my next guy who <laughs> might be Bays, like just because I've seen it in the past, but we didn't see it as much last year. Like maybe yeah. Bays could be the next best defender. Maybe Gabby Deck. Maybe Gabby Deck. Like there are not very many good defenders on this team. Whereas last year, you know, Horford was playing a lot of minutes at the beginning. George Hill was yeah. playing a lot of minutes at the beginning. You still had Dort. You still had Kendrick Williams. Hamadou Diallo actually was like a, a really good defender for them oh, last he was year. Good. During that Roby, early part, Roby would be on the list on the Thunder list of today. Really, based on what? Based on the level <laughs> of defense that everybody else shows. <laughs> well, yeah, but I, I don't. I mean, him playing He's center, not. I feel like, is one of the biggest defensive deficiencies on this team. It's one of the things that's going to be holding them back. Yeah, like I. I, know. I I mean, he I he really he really tries. Obviously, he had a really nice block in that preseason game. He tries, yes. Um, but I don't think that's the thing that's going to. Uh, but compare him to like anybody off the bench. 
Oh no, I know. Yeah, there's there's no good defenders on this team. We have like we talked about like two and a half guys maybe. Yeah. And you know, Mark Dagnall is known for his defensive like that scheme. Like that's apparently what he was known for when he coached the Blue. And so you expect that he's probably going to get more out of these guys than someone else would. So maybe they're only like the twentieth worst defense. You know, maybe it doesn't fall off the cliff like it will for some other teams. But you compare that with the offense, which I I can imagine a scenario where that starting lineup ends up being a decent lineup, Mm -hmm. at least offensively. Uh, But beyond that, maybe, 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 maybe. And and it goes back to the defense. The spacing is is super awkward with that starting unit. It is. And the defense may keep them from being a plus unit, but the second unit, like anything beyond that starting lineup, I mean, I don't think it's going to be Samaj Christian levels because I don't think the starting lineup is going to be good enough to like create that huge gap. <laughs> but yeah. it it is going to be bad based on what I saw. It's, this roster is so young, and it did not hit me until I actually saw it playing, realizing it looked – I mean, that second unit looked like a summer league roster. Like outside of Ty yeah. Jerome, everyone out on the court could have bit, played summer league for the Thunder this year. Yeah. There's not very have many you- teams doing that. Have you picked an over under yet? I think like twenty two and a half or twenty three and a half. I don't remember. I don't know what the number is uh, now, but it's one of those. Yeah, I'd probably I'd probably go under at this point. I took I took the under last week on the Dream Team show, and I was the only one that took the under. And it was like my reasons were like they have no centers, <laughs> you know. Yeah, and. This is a team that is going to play guys that are almost exclusively 23 and younger. And it's it's crazy to think that we took the under last year. Um, I think I took the over and you took the under. But I was obviously yeah. thinking that they could – I was hoping that they would go under. But comparing last year's team to this year's team, there is a gap there. And I think one of the things that is going to come into focus, and it already started in that preseason game, is other teams are just going to – completely sell out to stop SGA because what else are the Thunder really going to hurt them with? Yeah, the Hornets were already doing that. And I asked Mark about that after the game, and he was like, listen, like you're a star in the league. They're going to throw the kitchen sink at you. That was his terminology. Because Shea was not good. Like Shea had multiple turnovers where he just couldn't handle a double. Yeah, and that's that's what Mark said. He's like, listen, like you're one of the best players in the league. He's like, and this is a... The phrase that Mark uses all the time that I think is like is really good. He said he's got to recalibrate. You know, like he's got to see those situations a lot, and then he's got to recalibrate. And he's like, and he'll be fine. Like he'll recalibrate and he'll figure it out. But the thing is, like, there are outside of Shea, there are zero plus shooters in that lineup. Right. So when you start thinking about okay, zero. but Shea's still going to be able to do some drive and kick, even if they're swarming him. It's like who is he kicking it to? Like Lou Dort might be the best shooter that he's going to be kicking it to i mean i guess kenridge had a nice year from three last year as well um but you know the other two guys are probably going to be giddy and roby or it's going to be bays like it's probably going to be a lot of 30 percent. i think i think this will be the starting group i really so you think they'll move kenridge to the bench i don't i i yeah i think kenridge will come off the bench yeah Yeah. and he'll take the minutes that like deck got yeah you know i mean I don't, I don't see any. I mean, if if the goal is honestly to be a team that develops the players, and they've been very clear about those expectations, then I would say that this would be the starting unit. I think that makes the most sense to tr- try to figure out what these guys are, and especially, yeah. I think the Giddy Shea connection is the most. I think that is the number one most important thing for this season is to figure out how these guys work together. Which is going to be really interesting because I would definitely, obviously right now, Shea is the better off-ball player. He is. He we, is. We've seen him do it in the past. He was very good at it. But clearly last year he became like the primary guy. And mm-hmm. so fitting those guys together will be a, a challenge, I think, at least initially. All of this is to say that while it may sound like we're negative – on this team, like I am way more excited for the season now than I was mm-hmm. before the first preseason game, yeah. because one that the 
what I saw from Giddy, but also it seems like this team is ready to like do what we actually wanted them to do last year. And yeah. and that could change. Like Favors was hurt, Kendrick was hurt. Maybe they play those guys. Maybe they start those guys, and we're like, oh, okay, well, it's kind of back to last year. Mm-hmm. But it did based on what the team has been saying, based on the buyout with Kemba, it does feel like we are getting a full development here, where that is like the absolute number one focus. We're not messing around. Like <laughs> we are going for it this year. Yeah, yeah, it does very much feel that way it felt like last season they were like more willing to sit back and say we don't really know what this will be and I think they did that with the Chris Paul team I think they did that to a degree with last year's team where they were like oh like that's pretty good uh I think that the the way that they handled this season was just like nope like we know (laughs) we know exactly what they're gonna be they're gonna be really young yeah and young teams don't win and, I mean, that was the case. I mean, you look back at um, at the Kevin Durant-Russell Westbrook year before they got James. I mean, you could you could say that, like, having Kevin Durant and Russell Westbrook, that's probably enough. Like, you're probably good. You're probably good to go there, right? Yeah, but, I mean, if you think about how, even back then, how people talked about Kevin Durant, like, no one is talking that way about a current Thunder player. Like, everyone knew, even by that first year in Oklahoma City, like, this guy's going to be, like, very good. Now, Russ was still a wild card, obviously, because it was rookie season. But KD had, like, that cachet around the league already where it's like, this is a Mm -hmm. budding star right now. And that was a terrible team. Like, awful team. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You could – I mean, they could have started back then to, like, pelicans this thing right like let's go get veterans we got to figure out how to put a good roster around this guy you know with durant where like even if like josh giddy and shay prove that like oh wow like they really have like a this is a duo like we have our actual duo in okc again it's incredible i think that that they see the opportunity as wow this is great let's pull back even more like let's let's trade Kenrich. Let's let's do little things around the edges because we know if we add that third piece, like then you actually have something. You know, you add the Harden piece, you add whatever it is. And obviously like if Shea and Giddy end up they're not gonna be like Russ and K D, like levels like that level. Like they're not yeah. gonna get to that level. But if if they can be a like close to all star duo and then you add another piece, and hopefully then that other piece can like possibly even be the best player on the team, you know? Yeah, like and that, that like that could be po- that's that's very very possible that you have those two who are very good players. I think you can already say Shea is a very good player. I think you can say that Giddy is like on his way to being that. But the truth is, like I think the Thunder would still like to add like the quote unquote best player to this team, and that's why you get excited about this particular draft, which I have not dove into yet, but there's a lot of big guys at the top. Yeah. Which there's plenty of room. Come on down. (laughs) There's space. There's minutes. This is not the Cleveland Cavaliers. Yeah. (laughs) You know, this is, this is a real, this is a team that is in need of a big man. Yeah. And it, it is, I, I think that there is validity to that that it does feel like they have intentionally built this team in such a way. Because, I mean, the Thunder weren't waiting for Sam Vecini's mock draft to figure out who's in this next draft, by the way. like They weren't waiting for mock draft 1.0 after the draft to drop to see who these guys are. They have known who the 2022 guys are for probably four years and right. have been waiting for this class. Like They know who all these guys are. They have probably talked to their high school coaches. They have they they know everything about these guys already. Now, obviously, things change and develop quickly as you get into your you know, 18, 19, 20 year old seasons. But like it, it's they know who they are. They know who. I mean, the Thunder could tell you. They're not going to tell. They're not going to tell anybody. They didn't even tell anybody anything before. Like nobody knew that they wanted Josh Giddy before the draft. I mean, the only person that knew was Lee Ellis before the draft. That's who they wanted. Uh, 
and that's just like I think it literally is the an Australian connection that he had, <laughs> which is just kind of <laughs> hilarious. Um, but the, but if you were to inject truth serum into the thunder today, they would tell you who they want. They know. They know exactly who they want in the draft. And it does kind of feel like they have designed their roster in a way to to get that guy, doesn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and, and one of the nice things is uh, you watch Cleveland. You watch their first preseason game. I don't know if you saw that. Uh, I think they're going to be terrible again. And it's it it's really good bad. for the Thunder because there's a team who might be in the lottery that probably isn't going to be drafting a big guy considering they just gave Jared Allen a ton of money and they just drafted Evan Mobley. So there's one off the board. Don't have to worry about I mean, about maybe, them. though. Like I can't <laughs> count on Cleveland to do the right thing ever. They, I just can't. Uh, it's preseason, but they looked bad. It's preseason. It looked really bad. Hopefully they're, hopefully they're just middling. Maybe the eighth or ninth pick for them would be the a better place for them to be. Yeah. But, yeah. I, I, I don't know, man. It's, it's, it's going to be a long season uh, win-loss-wise, but there's a lot more to root for here. Speaking of that, uh, and we're going to talk about this player right after the break, we need to talk a little bit of Trey Mann right after this break. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 US-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day, or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human in customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service that you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. All right, Al. Trey Mann. Thoughts on Trey Mann, the other first-round pick from the Oklahoma City Thunder in this past draft? Uh, Yeah, I mean, you know, kind of lukewarm on the pick initially. Yeah. that lukewarmness continued during summer league. (laughs) (laughs) And I would say I am still lukewarm. He, you know, this, the skill that he has, um, he's able to create a ton of space on his own. Um, he had a really nice drive where he kind of had like an acrobatic finish looked great. Mm -hmm. So you can, you can imagine the type of player he could be there. Um, but obviously we, we, you have to start seeing the shot fall at some point, it's only the preseason. He's only played summer league, so I don't care. But if it ever does start falling with all the space he creates, you can imagine like a really electric scorer here. Um, but there's been guys who've been able to do all the moves in the past and just haven't been able to shoot. So like, at some like I just need to see him shoot before I'm gonna like hype him up. But yes, you see things that are are good. Yeah, there's a little uh, million dollar move, ten cent finish thing with him going on. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. It I I also and it was funny, like people watching him on the app thought he looked like so confident. And I was close and I didn't think he looked that confident. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like I saw something very different with him. I thought I saw him looking to people for like, am I do am I doing this okay? You know, like almost as like the look like of like a kid that was just like, am I is this going okay for me? You know, kind of thing. Right. Um, 
so I worried a little bit about that. And like he was getting like assurance from other guys were coming over and like patting him on the back, like you like you got this, it's okay, you know. He had like that first initial turnover when he first came into the game, but uh, yeah, there's he's he's a ways off. Like I just that's just kind of my feel for him is that he's a ways off. And the thing that I and this is what I was frustrated with him about in summer league, and I felt the same in this first game was like, like when are you getting to your pull up three, bro? Like that's supposed to be your thing. Like that's supposed to be like one of like the skills for Trey Mann is yeah. the 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 three off the dribble. Uh and I just want to know where it is. You know, that's and I felt like there were times that he could have gotten to it and he just didn't. Uh so and it's going to take like we just have to remember like these guys are young. Like even Trey Mann who was I know he's a sophomore but like he's still very young. And he's got a ways to go. So there's just, it's, there's going to be, and this is like, goes along with what Mark said, like a recalibration. Like he's going to have to recalibrate because this isn't playing SEC basketball, you know? Like he's got, it's, the jump is big for Trey Man. And the jump is big for everybody, but I think it's very, very big for Trey Man. And uh, Tommaso Ferro talks about how, um, that Giddy played pro. Like Giddy the league that Giddy played in was better than the summer league. It's better than the G League. It's better than obviously better than college basketball. So it's probably a little bit easier transition for him. Yeah. Because he did play against grown men and like guys that did play in the NBA that were kind of fringe NBA guys that played over there. But um you know, Trey Man played like really crappy SEC basketball at Florida. <laughs> You know, right. like it wasn't, he's got, he has a ways to go. So I don't, I'm not making any, I'm not really making any judgment calls on like anybody after one game, but no, and, I, and I, I wasn't, I just wasn't that impressed with Trey in game one. I I feel like his skill set is going to be a steeper like road into the NBA than someone like JRE. Cause I feel like JRE can come in and try to just do all the little things and be successful yeah. in that role. Whereas like Trey Mann has to like break down NBA defenders, which is a much harder task for someone like making that jump. So yep. yeah, it, it's going to be a while with him, but again, with, with, with young players, like you kind of establish your baseline evaluation for them. And then you just kind of wait to see if they change that in some way. And so I'm, I'm unchanged on Trey Mann. Yeah, I feel the same way. Uh, Aaron Wiggins kind of made me made me th- think a little bit. I thought he looked really, really good. Obviously, the shot, like just the shot going in, that's right. always uh, gives you good feelings. But just the way he plays, uh, it was just like, huh? Okay, like there's like there's at least something there with him. I don't know if it's like G League something or NBA something. I don't know what it is, but he played with a confidence and a smoothness that nobody else on the team really has all that much of. So like that really, he really set himself apart with that in general. But I need to see it a bunch more just to like is my head just really enjoying the shot making? You know, like I need to see more from him but I when I watched him I was like okay like I I I liked what he did off the bench more than just about everybody else yeah I I, although I do feel like the team kind of let you know where he stands currently in the pecking order like it felt like a lot of his minutes were like just garbage time I I don't know if if that changes where he becomes part of the second unit then you're like okay the, the team is like really believes in this guy um so I'm interested to see like how many minutes he gets in game one like are, are they that excited about him or are they already sending him down to the blue yeah it's it's a good question i i don't because we got to get know. we got to get those minutes for deck andrew do we do, do I th- we? where did i see uh maybe it was on thunder reddit there are apparently some argentinian fans who are very upset in the youtube comments about how deck is currently being used by the thunder which hey i agree I agree. He's being incorrectly used. He, I think he deserves to be on a different team that can use, <laughs> that can that can use him more appropriately because I yeah. do not understand his role on this team. So I, I agree with yeah. that. Yeah, I just don't I don't understand him. I don't know if you play. I don't know. Like just I playing him garbage minutes in the NBA season, which feels like that's where this is headed. 
Like that's not raising yeah. his trade value. It's not getting anyone excited about him. So like, what what are we doing? It's making him a decent amount of money, which good for yeah, him. Yeah, that's good. That's good. Beyond that, uh, do do you agree that if he had a beard, he'd have some Roy Kent vibes? Uh, I definitely think it'd help. You know, I think it would help having a beard because he, he does have some. Like, tats. I think he would look like Roy. I think he would look like Roy Kent if he had a beard. He was the first player where I saw him on the court and I didn't instantly know who it was. And then I was like, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. That's Deck. Oh, yeah. He's here still. Weird. Wearing my favorite Uh, number, too. Oh, is that right? Maybe I need to get a Deck jersey. I don't. You should. I I have a Giddy jersey in my uh, (gasps) cart. I've never bought a basketball jersey before. Wow. Ever, ever. Because I know I'll look terrible in it. But after that first game, I was considering it. Oh man, that's so funny! Uh, I have to go. Uh, Vic Crutchy didn't. Okay, Vic Crutchy didn't play because he has a visa issue, and I don't understand why he has a visa issue when he's been in the United States forever. <laughs> I don't know if it's a work thing or what's going on. I don't have any clarity on that. Wow. <laughs> What a close to the show. <laughs> what a close to the show. All right, let's go to the stream real quick before Al's got to go. Jake uh, Art is here. Del Lott, Drew Stevens, Jake Hendricks, Crimson King, Cody McChicken. What's up, Cody? He's Cody is delivering Amazon packages near you. Thanks so much, Cody. Uh, Chad Scott from Yukon is here. Michael Clampett is here. Uh, let's see. Uh, he said, if you're in the chat and haven't gotten a Giddy Up tea, I just don't know what you're doing. Yes, go to downtodunk.com and get yourself a Giddy Up tea. You want to be the first person to have a, a Josh Giddy t-shirt, don't you? Like, you want to be, like, one of the first people. So go get yourself a Giddy Up tea at downtodunk.com. Uh, Buster Nakamoto, Falk from Denmark, Drew Stevens and Numpton. We have Tyler Gibbs in Tulsa. We have Dude Buffet from the Dude Buffet Cinematic Universe. Uh, let's see. Alex Bullerjack. What's up, dude? Kevin Chin is here. Uh, ben underscore. Uh, Evan McDonald is here. Says, can I get a shout out for my friend Ben visiting me in Portland from OKC? Wow. There's a Portland, another Portland wow. OKC connection right there. Uh, Tyler Carroll, Nathan Creamer, Miguel Devella, The Fluky in Germany. Uh, Hafthorin. That's probably not right, but maybe. Uh, all right. Hope you guys are doing great. Enjoy your Wednesday. The Tall Shot. Zach Volbernick. Uh, Parker. Jackie Moon. All right. Have a great day. Talk to you guys again on Friday.